Okay, everybody, welcome back. An exciting episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins, ahead of us this evening. Um, it's a actually it's a just a brilliant time of the year for sports in general. But we are uh, we all have the football fever. Uh, joined today by Johnny Rowe and Blaine Wheeler. Um, Post draft recap. Uh, we're going to be talking heavy Chiefs. Um, might have to mention a couple other teams um, along the way, but a lot of Chiefs talk today. Um, the boys, the group message has been buzzing, uh, probably more than it has been since, or the most it's been since February, um, <laughs> for sure. It's been awesome. Uh, the, the Chiefs did a phenomenal, phenomenal job in this year's draft. Um, a lot of people around the league uh, complimenting Brett Veach, us included. Um, there aren't a lot of holes in it, and I don't know. I don't want to start the show off on a negative foot, but does something about that rub you guys at all the wrong way? Like, is it almost too perfect? Like, did they almost do too good of a job? Blaine, you haven't been with us. You weren't with us for the pre-draft, so I want to hear your thoughts first. You you start us off tonight. <laughs> there's there's a little too much hype. I mean, it, it's a great draft, and I, I'm going to see it through as a great draft, and let it be known, because, let, it, let it unfold. I'm going to be excited about a great draft. Yeah, I'm not yep. going to say they're, it's Luke Keekley and, and Stefan Diggs, you know. Right. But I'm still going to be excited. It doesn't worry me. It's just a hypothetical. I just want to be, yeah. you know, ease us into the talk before we get – I know how we're going to be by the end of the show. We're going to be all hyped up. So let's just start slow and we'll ease it in for the listeners. But awesome to be back with the boys. Um, makes me really fired up for this upcoming football season. Um, just one thing I wanted to mention about the draft. I feel like there were just like a lot of teams that drafted really well. I didn't really see, um, a lot of teams get knocked that bad. Um, some years, some teams just do horrible, but I think pretty much for the most part, everybody was pretty happy. It was one of the most interesting drafts. Um, I've been a, like, I've, I've had the most interest in, um, definitely watched every single pick with Johnny Rowe at Ebbets Field in Springfield. No free shout outs, but shout out Ebbets. Um, that was an absolute blast. So I feel like I had the a pretty good um, grasp on the first round. Johnny and I were killing it. We were playing a game uh, for the first round of the draft. Uh, we just tried to guess who we thought was going to get drafted. And we were we were pretty accurate through the first round. One of us at our table got it, I would say, for over half the picks. So. It was a fun time, fun drafts. Wanted to get that out of there. Um, with that, Johnny, how are you, buddy? How are your thoughts, feelings? Excited? I'm doing great. I'm I'm really excited. It's great to be here on the Figured Out Podcast again, as always. And uh, nice to have Blaine joining us this round. I'm like, super excited after the draft. Um, but yeah, it's 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 nice to table those expectations a little bit because. Um, you know, the, the draft is such a crapshoot. The majority of the time, it, it, it's. It's exciting when you get new players, especially on the Chiefs roster, um, a roster that's been pretty stagnant the last few years. Rightfully so. It's been talented. But now uh, the Chiefs roster is shaping with a lot of young talent. And uh, going forward, it's going to be really exciting. You know, we'll, we'll go through the picks here, but there are a lot of guys on this team that I think already coming into the building day one are going to change the mindset specifically on defense, um, more of a physical, violent defense. Guys that are normally on like the Steelers or the Ravens or or these teams that 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 play really tough nosed football are now being drafted by the Chiefs. So I'm I'm really excited. There's a lot to get into. We're all wearing our Chiefs gear. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, we that was a mandatory. We had we made Johnny go change before we hopped on here. So, um, all in our Chiefs gear, everybody's fired up. Well, let's just get into it, boys. Let's get into the picks. Uh, Chiefs first uh, overall pick, uh, Trent McDuffie, corner out of Washington. Your guys' thoughts on that? I I think the the biggest thing that I heard from Brett Veach because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about him a lot in this just from and looking at post game prep. He's cerebral. Like, he's not a guy that's just freakly athletic, which he is, but he's a cerebral player. He compared him in a little bit to, to Kendall Moore, um, which I don't really love. But in a sense, it was just a cerebral aspect is one of the things that everybody fell in love. And then you watch the tape, and you see him running sideline to sideline, and he's a freak. They didn't throw at him in the Pac-12. His numbers are low because of it. So 
just those two combinations. It's a first round draft pick. That's what you want out of a first round guy. Seems like a good dude. I love it. Johnny. Before the draft, uh, agree with you, Blaine. Before the draft, Veach had a presser where he said there were 16 to 18 players that they had a first-round grade on. Um, and his presser after the first day, he mentioned that McDuffie was one of those guys, which is why when he fell to 21, they found a suitable partner in New England uh, to go trade up and go get this guy. So the Chiefs believe at 21, they got a guy who was one, you know, top 16 or 18 on their board and had a true first-round grade. And so um, – that, that's all you can ask for is go get one of those guys when you have a pick at the back end. So you gave up 29 and some other picks to go up and get him. Was really excited. When I was watching with Chandler, we both thought they were going to go elsewhere. Um, I don't know if we thought they were going to go edge, but certainly wide receiver we thought was on the board. Uh, when McDuffie was called, I think we were a little hesitant, but then after um, just a few seconds, we realized, hey, this is a really good pick. This is a good player. And with a lot of boards, a lot of the the, the draft community, especially on Twitter, McDuffie was their number two overall corner behind sauce. A lot of, a lot of people had him, uh, had, had McDuffie over Stingley from LSU. So um, thrilled with the pick from the chiefs there, especially after a few days, I think they got a good one in McDuffie. The thing that excites me about him is like sauce. You, you, you never know what you're going to get with that guy. I mean, he could lose his brain year one and, the, and a guy like Stanley with his injuries you get one of the more surefire corners in this draft just he's a, he's a low fail guy played three years as an all-american and, it, and it's really set up for success in our defense so that yeah. that late is perfect yeah uh Johnny kind of alluded to it I was a little I wouldn't say butthurt but I was being a little selfish and when we picked Trent McDuffie big time because I wanted a receiver, but I had to remove my own personal issues out of it and realize that it was a much more valuable pick. And I do sometimes keep forgetting that we don't have Tarverius. I really do forget that. So I think that is a gen, uh, just like a gigantic fill in there. Um, and a guy I've watched a little take, like a little highlight film on him. Like you said, Blaine, I like it. He's in the right place at the right time a lot of the times. He seems, you know what he, he, he caught my attention this in one of his highlight videos. And I know it's a highlight, so they're always going to put the best plays on there. But he always seems to turn his head when the ball is coming at him. You know, turn your head. I don't get it. I've never played defensive back. I don't, I'm not saying I could ever do it. Instincts. How, how can you not play that position for your entire life and not know when the ball is coming? I Jeez. will never understand. I the guy's ball. Ball hawk instincts. You, it's something you can't teach. He's got yeah, it. He has it. So, love the pick. Moving on. So, Johnny and I talked pre-draft about how glaringly weak our defensive line is. Brett Beach goes out and, and adds a really, really solid rookie piece. Um, a guy that I think can do both against the run and the pass. George Karloftis out of Purdue. And so far – he I feel like he is stealing the hearts of Chiefs Kingdom and he hasn't even like put on um, probably even a practice jersey yet. Uh, he seems to be fitting in well. He seems to be bringing in a tough Purdue Big Ten mentality, which the Chiefs kind of don't have. Um, so I think he can really come in and be a tone setter right away from day one, boys. What do you guys think? Johnny, you go first. The word that comes to mind with Karloftis that a lot of people talk about is relentless. I think Karloftis said that's his play style. It's, it's relentless. And so um, that's what the chiefs really are missing. It seemed like, you know, if they were to get some sacks, they never were at the end of the game when the going gets tough. And so if, if Karloftis is not the most crazy freak athlete, but he's a strong, hard nosed, run you know he can defend the run and get after the passer consistently all game he's going to have a lot of big moments like mm. like a player like a player like Karloftis I'm not saying he's going to be this player but like the the, the guy that I thought of right away was uh, that Hendrickson guy who plays for mm. plays for the nice. Bengals like okay. like just like a guy who is you know maybe Karloftis won't have 14 sacks a season but like just gets after you all game long and just like fucks up your offensive plan and so that's kind of what the Chiefs really need from, from an edge player. You don't want to have crazy expectations from him first year, but if he shows mm -hmm. flashes, it's going to be an awesome guy throughout his career. And I definitely think a fan favorite for the Chiefs. I'll say one quick note, though, until we, when we get to Blaine. We had had a bunch of drinks by this point towards the end of the draft watching the <laughs> watching, and then, you know, it gets to the Chiefs and we're kind of hooting and hollering with – 
some friends at, at Ebbets and Chandler and I all night had been like, Oh, let's go get George Pickens from Georgia, the receiver. Let's go get George Pickens. And so we stand up in the bar right when the pick comes across and they're like with the 30th pick, the chiefs select George, George. and Chandler and I just go nuts. Like, Oh my gosh, let's go. Let's go. And then we sit down and our Lucas and chief are like, no, it's Carl Loftus. And we just buried our heads <laughs> yeah. in embarrassment. But after after drinking it in and consuming it, Carl Loftus is a great pick. Blaine, what do you got? Yeah, no, I like what you said, too. That's a cool comp. I, it's just a guy that can set the edge. I feel like they're like Melvin Ingram was able to be powerful. We haven't had that powerful edge guy that maybe he's not going to get 14 sacks, like you said, but he's going to be able to set that edge truly and what yeah. that position group needs. And that position mm-hmm. group hasn't had that since Justin Houston. So I'm not, that's obviously way high expectations for the guy, but he shows that power mm-hmm. and that power is needed so bad in our defensive line, especially on the edge. Yeah. I don't think people realize how important a defensive end is in the run game. Obviously a defensive tackle is the most important but when you don't have guys that can set the edge or that can beat a tackle to the inside and get in the backfield and cause havoc from the from the especially in a four three, yeah, um, it's an issue. And the Chiefs have not had that defensive end that can do that. Melvin Ingram showed flashes and it kind of helped Frank Clark, but not really. And before I continue, aren't we bringing Melvin Ingram back? Or we're no? giving them we're giving them the option, but we have like the, I guess the the first pickings at it but if he goes somewhere else then it's available for him we don't have okay well regardless so we we, uh, carlos is going to be a great fit i honestly hope that he stops the run more than he can get after the passer yeah quite honest with you i really do i mean if he gets after the passer huge bonus but i want him to be able to just establish a presence on the d-line that you're not going to run the ball against us that's what we need 100 percent. and one more thing about him too him and trent have like the same idea and that's what veach and they loved about both these guys were three another three-year starter went to purdue home state state in state all american multiple time first team all conference like just a good hard-nosed football player that is i don't know if loyal is the right word but you get what i'm trying to say there yeah it's it's a low fail he compared it to bolton and creed of both of those guys character like they're low fail guys because they're going to show up work hard every single day. And that's what they've just been doing. So, which by the way, I don't know if you guys saw the chief social media. Uh, I saw it when I got back to my apartment, it's like around five or so, but Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith were at like a barbecue thing and they were holding pigs. <laughs> you guys got to look at it, dude. It's funny. Those are some big ass boys, dude. I didn't, I mean, I obviously, I know how big offensive linemen are in the NFL, but like seeing them in person, especially like seeing them hold like a little baby pig. I mean, that thing looks small. I probably like a 30 pound oinker, you know, <laughs> like a freaking Easter. That, it could be an Easter ham, a little succulent ham. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you guys let me check that out. Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Oh my God. She's firing me up. Moving on. Third pick in the draft. Um, I know that we're probably going to have to acknowledge the comp that he's been getting to uh, fill our offense, but we draft Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, um, a guy that a lot of people are really high on. Um, obviously, super dynamic. Um, just a little hesitant, um, just drafting a guy that is presumably going to be viewed as Tyreek and his expectations for the season. What do you guys think about that? It's you can't do that. I mean, it's you can't do it, Blaine, and I completely agree. But that's gonna that's gonna be what happens. Yeah, it's gonna be, and it's a guy that he's not just gonna show up and be your number one. You can't in that wide receiver room. Shit, I don't I don't know what Sky Moore is gonna become. But I I wanted to first thing obviously I text you guys like who I listened to Brett Beach this morning on six ten. Who did he draw comparisons to? Take it. I mean, take a guess in the AFC. Yeah, of AFC wide receivers. Prominent AFC wide receivers. I mean, mine would be Tyreek. Yeah, well. Johnny? No, it's it's not. It's it's I wasn't thinking uh AFC. I don't know why he reminds me a lot of Tyler Lockett, but uh mm. what 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 would they say? What it was less say? of a vertical threat. It was more of a tech technician type of he can run routes as Diggs can create for himself. They think he's going to be able mm. to create an open space. 
They didn't mm-hmm. completely compare him to Diggs, but really played up his ability to run routes, which I love. So he's not just yeah. going to be your vertical threat guy. Yeah, the Chiefs, like, yeah, I like that. Really um, had, we had, oh, sorry, Johnny, hold on just one second. I really haven't had, I feel like, like a really good, true route runner. Like, Tyreek is a good route runner, don't get me wrong, but like, He's so explosive that he can kind of just get out of the way of people. You know what I mean? He had to develop into that too. Yeah, exactly. I think when you get a guy that can run routes, especially with a guy with people like Andy Reid coaching you, I just think the sky's the limit. Johnny, go ahead. So, yeah, a few things. So, just to chime in on what you just said, it seems like the overall philosophy of the offense is going. You know, Travis Kelsey's going to get his, but it's going to be more evenly distributed across multiple different guys. Juju, MVS, Travis Kelsey throwing the guys out of the backfield. You know, you got Ronald Jones back there, too. And um, here, here you bring in Sky Moore. It's like it's less of just these plays where you quickly throw the ball to Tyreek and see if he can make somebody miss and get you a first down or. I'm not going to say it's going to be less explosive, but it's just like it's it's more of an intricate offense with an even distribution across all fronts. And now my thoughts on Sky Moore. The Chiefs obviously were thought knew they could get him there. They, they they traded back from 50 to 54 to get to get Sky Moore, and I think two receivers, one of which was Pickens, went before uh, Sky Moore was picked. So it's like they they were totally fine going back. They knew they were going to get him. Sky Moore is like just under 5'10", maybe right at 5'10". And this guy had the biggest hands of any wide receiver in this draft that were oh. so, so, you know, he's, he's just got mitts. Like the guy just catches everything. It looks like, like Blaine's saying he's a, he's already a pro level route runner. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a guy that chiefs haven't really had in the building. Like, I don't know who I would compare him to just based off of what people are saying of chiefs receivers, like in the past, like the only receiver I can really remember that was like a good route runner had good hands, like Jeremy Macklin. Like I remember he did a lot of nice things for the chiefs. And so sky Moore, I think is just, he's not Tyreek. You can't expect Tyreek from him. He's not going to mm-hmm. run a four, two and run by guys. He's not slow by any means, but he's just a different receiver. And I think it's a testament to the overall philosophy of the offense going forward. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I I definitely think that the philosophy is changing. Um, Blaine? Yeah, no, I listened to Veach uh, on Florio. He's have like a PFF at night podcast that he does, and it's exactly what he said, Johnny. No free shout-outs. They, yeah, no free shout Sorry about that. But basically, Florio asked him, who's your number one now? Is it Juju? Is it MVS? Is it blah, blah, blah? Why did you pick up MVS with this low? He's like, well, MVS with Devontae Adams and Tanya and those tight ends kind of serve the same role as McColl or some of the – they want a multiple Juju to be like a McColl was last year. They want MVS to be like a McColl or they want Sky. They want to do it like that. Guys that can run short slants or do whatever they want and, and have open receivers across the board instead of one guy who's getting the ball. And that's exactly what Veach said. So you nailed it on its head. Yeah, love it. Moving forward, guys, these next two picks, I really actually think might be my two favorite picks we have in the entire draft. Um, starting with the fourth pick to the Chiefs, uh, safety Brian Cook from Cincinnati. Listen here, I love his tape. It's, it's good. Boom. And what I like the most is, first off, he's coming downhill as soon as the ball is snapped, which can't get you in trouble in the NFL, but I like the mentality. Coach him up, fine-tune him, and then he'll be really ready to roll. And second, his ability to guard tight ends. I I actually watched the second half of Cincinnati and Notre Dame, um, Cincinnati at Notre Dame, and the guy is all over tight ends. And Notre Dame has good tight ends, so it was a great game to watch. Um, we actually were just talking about this yesterday, I think us three, about how the Chiefs – Johnny, I think, said 15 years, and I'm going to use it here because I like it. Chiefs haven't been able to cover a tight end in 15 years. And no more Daniel Sorensen, thank God. No more Tyron ducking out of the way of tight ends coming across the middle as he did his freaking last two years of, the, of, of his career with the Chiefs. This guy can lock up a tight end man-on-man – and when a running back runs to the outside, he's coming up and filling the gap immediately. I love this guy to Cincinnati. Somebody talk me down. 
I'll go this one first. Um, this is your direct Dan Sorensen replacement, like right away. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just going to be better. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. Um, he's a hard-hitting, sure tackler. And it's your Sorensen replacement right away. And I, I'm really excited about this pick. When he was picked, I had no idea who he was. Um, I don't know if either of you did. You can talk about that. But I didn't know who he was. Immediately turned on the tape, and he flashed. And he flashed in a big way. And uh, like I said earlier, this is another one of those guys that really is, is changing the philosophy and setting the tone of this defense. Like this defense, when was the last time the Chiefs defense like had guys that scared you? You know, it's back to like maybe, maybe like, you know, Eric Berry, he was an awesome player. But like, you know, when was the last time you had guys that really scared the other team? And uh, I- I'm seeing multiple guys that could be that guy. Uh, Blaine, what do you got? I think his direct comp, like I was thinking about this, and I've been watching Justin Reed. Obviously, we played against him multiple times. And te- the Texans, Justin Reed, we got him now. But he's a bruiser at safety. You pull, you bring in Cook next to him. That is fucking fun, man. And, and don't forget uh, about Thornhill. Yeah, and that's a quicker guy than than maybe a, a Reed is. But you yeah. got you got you got options there. You you don't just have two bruisers. You got a guy that can cover across the field and bruise. You got this, that, that, and it's just it's just really fun. But you got to think too that Cincinnati defensive back. I, I guess group was one of the best NCAA has seen in a while yeah. with sauce with him, but he was the glue to that. And, and uh, it's, it's rubbing my mind. Who is Cincinnati's head coach fickle, right? Luke fickle, Luke yeah. fickle. He said really good things about Brian cook kind of being that guy on that defense at the safety level. And that says a lot about him and, and his ability to <laughs> Gosh, yeah, and, and, and quite honestly, I don't think people realize the importance of a safety um, in football sometimes. Um, they are wildly important and oftentimes the leader of your defense. That's why it's either the middle linebacker or the strong safety a lot of the time. Um, they see everything and they have to be able to see everything um, and they have to play hash mark the sideline. And that's a really difficult job to do. Um, and people don't realize that. So I think it's a great pick. I think it's a perfect, like Johnny said, replacement pick. I would be very surprised if he wasn't on the field, like the third play of the first game. Yeah, I mean, you you said it. Turn on the freaking tape. This guy, yeah. like, when the ball's in the air, he 20 yards, he can cover it if it's up there long enough. Like, he's going and getting that thing. It's Cook fun. was only listen, – listen to this quote. Cook was only – or excuse me, Cook was one of only four defensive backs in the FBS to tally 95-plus tackles and 10-plus passes defended in 2021. Come on, Brian Cook! Let's go. We're moving on to pick five. Great stat. Boys, linebacker Leo Chennault, Wisconsin. I'm going to turn this one over to Johnny because I have a feeling that this could be Johnny's (laughs) man crush on the Chiefs. This guy... Six foot three, 250, and and just ready to come down and hit you. Johnny, take it away. The best athlete, arguably, of any position in the entire draft, certainly at linebacker. Um, Leo Chennault is an absolute freak. Um, and this is truly the guy who could, like, scare the shit out of opposing quarterbacks. He did a pre- – uh, uh, um, like a fan uh, – you know, the, they had, like, a fan day at Arrowhead on the field – um, after, after day two of the draft and he was there and, uh, he said he brings violence and physicality uh, mm. to the defense. He said he's addicted to hitting people on the field in at Wisconsin. When he would play, he would write and lo- looked like Sharpie death row on his arm. I mean, look, this is the kind of shit that gets football junkies rocks off. And I mean that with all due respect to everybody. This thing makes you go six to midnight. This is the guy right here that is going to be a total badass. I am so pumped to watch Leo Chanel. And again, turn on the tape. He absolutely explodes uh, in, in the film. Like, uh, like one of these linebackers who is totally fine lining up in this, like in this, the a gap, like a zero, like a standing yeah. zero technique. And we'll just run right by the center and blow up a running play like big Derek Johnson vibes, being able to shoot the gap quickly. And, um, okay. I want to table my expectations a little bit more. Like these are going to be, they're young guys. This is a third round pick, but once you watch the tape, like these guys, how can these guys fail? These guys look so good. And you're right. Leo Chanel, 
might be uh, my next jersey purchase. Ooh, next jersey. I like it. Blaine? Um, <clears throat> the Raz score. I'm not sure if you guys have, are, are up on the Raz scores. It's the relative athletic score brought out by, oh, who does it? Uh, regardless, you can look it up. But he scored a 99.99. The fourth best out of what was it like since 1997 or something crazy when they started taking this stat? I, I looked up. I looked up uh, just for fun. There was there's comparisons, and I'm not making this comparison as, as far as on the field. But Micah Parsons 97 eight was, was <laughs> his, and, and they have relatively the exact same size. Leo Chanel benched. 10 more reps than he did on the bench press and with death row and all that you can consider like this guy is just gonna fucking come downhill and wreck havoc along with george you get two physical guys that can they can wreck havoc i mean yeah. what more could you ask for let's get that we, we're just forming like a big 10 mentality on the other side they're not gonna just run all over us and also guys before we move on to the picks picks number six our linebacking crew all of a sudden has turned into oh. a strength of our defense. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't Chandler, know. Let me, let me get in here real quick too. So yeah, earlier you guys, we were talking about, we were talking about how we're excited for Carl Loftus to set the edge a hundred percent agree. And that goes into your strength that your linebacking core force these running backs to cut inside to not be able to bounce it out. And then you have Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, and Leo Chanel filling these gaps and Chris Jones and Derek Nottie in the middle. Like where are these running backs going to go? If you can set that edge, they're, they're, they're going to get swallowed up. It's really exciting. And, and with that, like you're talking about packages, everyone's talking about Leo Chanel coming in like a Dan Sorensen. You know, like, I don't agree with that. Like, I think you got Bolton and Chanel. If you, if, Downs one and two, put those both in there. I think Willie Gay's more of that that guy that is a pass protector like pass at linebacker. Protector. Yeah, so you have multiple options there. He brings the option for you to be able to go two power linebackers and then somebody who's kind of that that rover. That that's an option we have never had, and it, it's it's kind of beautiful to have two power linebackers. Literally never had that option, not one time ever. I don't think never. So good to see. Moving on. Oh, anybody got anything else? Johnny, anything? Blaine, we're ready to roll. Save up your money, Johnny. I'm, I'm yeah, that's going to be a good Johnny. jersey. I want that jersey too. Um, <laughs> pick number six, cornerback Joshua Williams, uh, Fayetteville State University. Um, to me, this is a complete depth pick. Um, not a lot of ex- not a lot of expectations out of him, I wouldn't imagine. But you never know. I mean, he's a six foot three, hundred ninety five pound corner. Um, I mean, he could develop into something here. Uh, obviously, Veach saw something in him. Boys, what do you guys think? I like the fact that – Yeah, I don't I – don't, Go ahead, Johnny. I don't know much about this guy, honestly. Um, I just know uh, Legereus Sneed was a fourth-round pick, and he had size, speed, and athletic traits that were kind of off the charts. I believe mm-hmm. Sneed went to Louisiana Tech. It's not like a huge school or anything, so – I'm not expecting him to be luxurious Sneed, but the Chiefs have a knack of finding these athletes in the middle rounds. This is a guy that D2 was basically the only guy invited to multiple things as a D2 guy, the draft, the senior bowl. So obviously you're going to have some kind of jump off the tape, a lot of potential there. But the reason that Beach said he drafted him was because he, suffered, he struggled day one, day two of the senior bowl practices and things. And they saw him develop, not lose confidence. You know, a lot of the guys, oh, I'll pack up my bag, nice suitcase. I'm getting my ass kicked out here. He developed. He had a hell of a senior bowl game. And that's what they see out of this guy. Development, a lot of potential. It's like, uh, you know, I don't want to jog, but I love this guy a lot. Like I'm from Higginsville playing against some of those big cities. Like you've got that chip on your shoulder that you can't, you can't do anything about. It's just, I see that chip and I love that chip and I hope that he uses it and he will. And he showed he did in this, in the senior boy. I hope he does it at uh, training camp for us. Sounds to me like he's a coachable guy, which is, can be really infectious throughout the team. I mean, when you get guys that want to be coached, I mean, you're going to be very successful on the defensive side of the football, in my opinion. So 
Hope, hoping the best for uh, Joshua Williams, but uh, we'll move on. Let's make this the last pick we talk about. Um, I think this is the last really relevant pick um, for the Chiefs. Um, and it's offensive lineman Darian Kennard. A lot of people are saying a big steal here. Um, I believe if – and I think Johnny has something big on this. Um, you know, let me just turn it over to Johnny here. Johnny, what do you got about Darian Kennard? Six foot five, 345 from Kentucky. Yeah, just uh, all of these picks now that I'm talking through with you guys, they all have the same thing, like Blaine just said. Like, they all just have this this chip on their shoulder. And Darian Kennard fits the bill. Uh, he had second and third round buzz, like even like late second round buzz, and he fell all the way to the fifth round pick number 145. And this is a guy that's going to immediately factor into the Chiefs' right tackle situation. You have um, – you have Lucas Niang coming off of an injury. You have Andrew Wiley, who played the majority of the season at right tackle, played pretty well, and uh, has been on the team for a long time. And now you have this guy, Darian Kennard, factoring in. And, you know, uh, this guy played tackle in the SEC and had to go against the like of, you know, these amazing off uh, defenses um, like Georgia and Alabama. And so the, I think Kennard's going to factor right in with this chip on his shoulder that he fell all the way to the fifth round. Chiefs do these, uh, like you said, those those first call videos and and interviews mm-hmm. with these guys. This guy couldn't have sounded more pissed off that he went to the Chiefs in the fifth round, and I absolutely love that. Yeah. I love it. I hope for four. I hope for four years this Kennard guy plays angry at the entire league, angry at every player that was taken ahead of him, angry at every team that passed on him besides the Chiefs. And I hope he plays amazing and factors in, and uh, you know has this very successful career for the Chiefs. And he looks like, like from the Disney movie Moana, like he looks like Maui, like he looks like (laughs) Mm -hmm. this giant God. He's a beast. Let's go. Yeah, he is a beast. And real real quick there, alluding to him playing in the SEC, he won the Jacobs blocking trophy, which is the top offensive lineman in the SEC of the year. So this guy can't be a slouch. This guy can play football. Definitely can play football. Like, I mean, He's Kentucky's best offensive lineman since they've played football. It was like Sam Ball in 1965. I was trying to look up some stuff, but he's like their first uh, consensus All-American since, you know, shit, since running the ball was even a thing back in the the day. He's a first-team All-American guy. The biggest, most fun stat that, that I was looking up, over 30 pancakes in the last three years. He led the league, what they call, I guess, like on websites, like, down blocks or whatever they call it but it's pancakes he had the Mm -hmm. most he had 30 i think he had 42 his junior year and i think like 39 last year and it like blew away everyone in the ncaa by far away was the biggest i guess dominant guy that you just don't want to see yeah i mean to win the top of the line in the sec that's ridiculous um i mean and and this right here says uh now, Johnny, don't get mad at me for talking about Warren Sharp, but Warren Sharp put out something that said, uh, in fact, based on the metric below, he was considered the seventh best value selection across the entirety of the draft based on where he was drafted and based on where he was projected. He was projected to go 66th and went 145. So that has the potential to be one of the biggest steals of the draft. And the Chiefs might have just plucked him out of thin air, to be quite honest. Think of all the D linemen he's in the SEC. He's a three-year starter in the SEC. Yeah, and Kentucky's all, been pretty good. Yeah, think of all those guys he's went up against and clearly has done really well to be a multi, multiple-time first-team all-conference, all-American. I mean, you're ready. Brett Veach said it. You said he's going in a right tackle. Brett Veach said today he's a right tackle guy. We're putting him in there, a right tackle, his first day of training camp, see what he does. Like, not fuck you, Andrew Wiley, but see you later. This is our guy. <laughs> So. Yeah, but to be fair, Andrew Wiley is a very good backup and a versatile backup. I want him on the Chiefs. Great, good offensive lineman. Every time his number is called, he produces. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Yeah, and one of his best games, uh, some of his best games come against uh, it division rival uh, Raiders with Crosby. They both went to Eastern Michigan. Is that right? Yeah. Eastern Michigan, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they he kind of knows how to play that guy. And so, you know, even if he's not your guy, he, he can help guys in how to defend against Crosby. And, and, and yeah, Wiley's been on the team for a long time now. So, he you know, he knows 
how to have success in this league. And um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's never a bad thing to have a, th- a, a healthy competition for your right tackle position going into training camp. Like the only, the cream is going to rise to the top and whoever it is, if it's Niang, great. You spend a third round pick on him. If it's, uh, if it's Wiley, he's a UDFA. Great. If it's this canard f- fifth round pick, like whoever, you know, whoever it is, you just want the best guy out there. And Kennard certainly has the skill set to, to be that guy. And Chandler, I'd have no problem with Warren Sharp or any of these other stupid fucking nerds that are on Twitter. Just don't talk shit on the Chiefs. Yeah, fair. Very fair. I agree. Blaine, you were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, like, the reason I'm able to be excited about him is because we saw a mirror of it in Trey Smith and look at his last year be phenomenal. Yeah. So it's like, it's not a like, oh, I, I really hope. Darian Kennard can can be good like we expect him to because we've seen this work a fifth round late round draft pick out of the SEC who's been a stud come be successful week mm-hmm. one and the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line and I think that that's kind of the expectations we're gonna have to have for Darian because I mean it's been now, proven to work I will say this point. I will say this um I do think on the flip side not to play devil's advocate here but why did he fall what was the reason that he fell that far? Because if he was projected, what, a third-round pick and he mm. fell over to the fifth, something – now, I heard this – the other day I listened to a podcast and it was saying, like, the things that are out there aren't made up. They can be proven wrong, but they're out there for a reason. So just, you know, a lot of positivity. Love the pick, but – I have heard a little bit, like, footwork – technician style is not i mean he's a power offensive lineman so i think that's probably a a pretty large reason why but we'll see which it's kind of important important. our division they can get after the passer (laughs) we are the worst team in our division at getting after the passer no doubt it's not even close (laughs) i mean we stunk at getting after the passer last year and when we got to the passer we couldn't tackle the passer Hint Joe Burrow. So we better fucking figure out how to tackle the quarterback this year with the ball in his hand, preferably coming out of it like this, with a little flop behind him, and we scoop and score. <laughs> I need football, boys. This has been so fun. Somebody give me something else to talk yeah, about here. We got we got more yeah. to talk about. For okay, sure. good. Good. Uh, good. Johnny, you go, and then I'll have my subject. <laughs> okay, sounds Jeez. good. Uh, I, I, you cannot stop the draft talk with just your picks in, in the draft. You, you, we got to talk about Justin Ross. The Chiefs yeah. bring in undrafted mm-hmm. free agent Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson, had one of the most impressive freshman years that, that we've seen in recent memory in, uh, in college football. And then injuries kind of marred the next couple of years for him, had a spinal issue to where he, you know, he might not have ever played football again. Um, and according to Brett Veach's presser uh, after uh, when asked about this, um, he chose the Chiefs. Obviously, this guy had a lot of suitors coming out uh, after the draft. Uh, it seemed like teams were not comfortable enough to spend a pick on him with his uh, medical history. But now that the medical history has come back relatively clean, uh, team, every team in the league basically was probably calling to give him a chance as an undrafted free agent. And he picked the Chiefs. I think, guys, that this guy really has the potential. I mean, this is a big guy, I believe. He's like 6'3". Like, this is a speed, amazing hands. 6'4", 205. This guy has all the qualities to be an absolute home run, and you have no risk here with it. This Justin Ross thing has me just about as excited as any pick in the draft. I'm going to – 15 receivers in that room and he chose to come to Kansas city to compete 15 like Juju MVS Sky Moore McColl Josh Gordon Dieter okay Watson okay but Justin Ross Therese Fontaine Fontaine whatever Cornell Powell his college teammate for multiple years I mean that this room is ridiculous and what did we have on the roster last year six five how like how do you cut that there's so much talent that it's going to be really, really hard uh, for a guy like him to come produce. And it's, I mean, he chose that and he believes that he can be that guy. And that, that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. 
God, how how do they manage that? Who do you think? Oh, you know what? McCall gone. See ya. He's already dead weight. Let's just go ahead and cut him now while while we're all living high and having a good time. Put him in the roster as let him out there. Put him on us. Put him special teams to muff a few punts and. Oh. But I, Can I you do imagine. Want... Okay, hold on. If the Chiefs play tonight and McColl muffed a punt, I would be so mad. He wants to fumble so much. He loves fumbling. He wants to. He wants to put the ball on the ground, dude. I, it's just ridiculous. But I don't want to be. I'm, no negativity. It, you no, know, I, I want to bring up another thing too, because we're talking about like the importance of big body receivers in this offense. It's a need. It's a true need. Everybody knows it. But mm-hmm. um, you guys don't forget about Jody Fortson. Don't forget about Jody Fortson. He he is training with APEC with Bob Stroop. You know who who does that with Pat down in Texas. Like him and Pat are getting a lot of reps down there. Bob tweeted him out and Instagrammed him out in middle April, just a few weeks ago of. Basically, like, I mean, he looks really good. Showed some few pictures of him with his Achilles fresh, obviously making cuts and things. That's a guy that'll come in, maybe not at one of those wide receiver spots, but you can slip him behind Travis Kelsey and him act as a wide receiver too. Like, that's uh, something we shouldn't forget about when we're talking about these wide receivers. He could be a real Mo Alley Cox, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? A little Mo Alley Cox? Molly Cox is like six nine, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I I disagree, but that was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) If I do remember correctly, though, he was playing well before he tore his Achilles. Oh, he's playing really well. I mean, there's a reason he's he's shot the board. I just love Jody. I love the fact that we have a guy that is completely under the radar, no expectations, to come in and catch a ball for 15 yards over the top of a corner. We don't have that. And he can yeah, bring it. So the problem is, Blaine. I think Johnny just alluded to it. I think that might be Justin Ross. Well, I hope it is, but he can he can be on a roster spot at tight end instead of that that crowded wide receiver room. So fair, very fair. Yeah, true. Okay, Johnny, um, who's who's next? Or is it Blaine's turn? No, it's it's Blaine. Let let Blaine go. Yeah, let Blaine. Okay. Go. I mean, it's it's obviously we're going to talk about the same thing here. So either one of us can go. But it's a DB room. It's the same situation. You got shit how many guys do you have at db that you're so the chiefs philosophy obviously they got uh cook and mcduffie right and they knew those two and they knew that a free agent or or a, a guy a udfa late that they were probably not going to be able to sign a db mm-hmm. because they knew the competition that was going to be in that room so with the last pick they pick a db to get him in maybe it's kind of a little fucked up but it's just the business of it you pick a db at the last, what the third of the last pick of the of the draft, knowing that you get a guy instead of trying to sign a UDFA that has a lot of potential. So that was the thought process of Veach. He said that outwardly that Nazee Johnson is is kind of like a plug and maybe a possibility to to go competing in, instead of trying to get a UDFA. So there's going to be so much. I mean, what do you guys think about our DB room right now? Yeah, the competition, like I was talking about earlier, Blaine, just like with multiple positions, like when you have a a team that's been to four straight AFC championship games and you're going into the next year in like multiple positions, you have like roster battles. Like you have to absolutely love that. The best players are going to show themselves and the best players are going to get chosen. So if you compare the DB room to last year, which overall, like the DB room was very inconsistent uh, last year. Safety. Uh, Tyron's gone. Sorensen's gone. And Armani Watts is gone, like your depth piece. Um, You've changed things. Yeah, yeah, right. You've changed things by adding more younger, dynamic, explosive players. And then as far as the corners go, you lost Charverius Ward, who was a big contributor for you. But you spent, and and Veach has never really done this. Veach has never spent a, a high asset on a corner. Well, the first pick, the Chiefs traded up for a corner. So they obviously have a high praise for this guy. And so um, keep in mind that Rashad Fenton's going to be coming back from an injury. And so that's a little bit uncertain. They think he's going to be okay. But the more bodies you can have in that DB room, the better. And uh, one one name that I'll, I'll say to keep an eye out for, too, because, uh, you know, the Chiefs will still add some players, you know, nothing crazy. But 
Uh, there's been a lot of buzz with the Chiefs and this James Bradbury guy who plays for the Giants. I've read that this James Bradbury guy might be a cap casualty for the Giants. And if he is, I think the Chiefs could maybe add him to the room too. And so um, you got a lot of guys in the mix here. Uh, you also lost Mike Hughes. He's on the Lions now. So like a lot of different guys are going to be having a chance to contribute and the best ones are going to show themselves. Yeah, I think what's crazy is, I mean, obviously I've been thinking about this, but our episode tonight, great conversation, by the way. God, this has been fun with you guys. Um, our roster is just going to be a lot different and it ha- it's, it's, it's going to have a lot of the same core pieces, but the majority of the core is going to be fresh and new and what a time to do it right now. I think it's a great time to freshen it up. Um, and, and I don't think that Veach is, is missed quite honestly. Um, I, I just want to know your guys' thoughts on, on that Blaine, like what, I mean, yeah. this was, this is an A plus job for con- keeping us in yeah. a presumable position right now that we can win tomorrow. Well, and we've, we've failed to talk about, and for good reason with all of these guys, it's just the impact that making the decision to move on from Tyreek has, has changed the way that the Kansas City Chiefs look. We knew that our defense was a massive gap, especially with losing charge. I mean, he's one of, he was one of the most underrated Kansas City Chiefs in the last however long. I mean, he was a lockdown corner. He was, uh, other than what you saw against Cincinnati. But like, I'm looking at there, this defensive back room. You add three guys to Lonnie Johnson, Rashad Fenton, um, you know, Legarius Sneed. There's a lot of like, meh. Eh, Devon Key, you saw a little bit out of him, but man, man, you get some, you get some excitement out of that, and and you get some true guys that can come impact. Whenever if we didn't trade Tyreek Hill, we're fucked, and we're purely yeah. fucked. And now we have a little bit of upside, thinking like, oh, okay, maybe we are going to be decently uh, equipped at the defensive back and set. So I, I would like to know, true, like after all of this is unfolded, do you guys like the Tyreek trade? I mean. Or, or what? I think that's a topic that we should should maybe talk about. Um, yeah. The, the fir- trading to Tyreek, I know we'll all agree with this. It was in my sports fandom life, it's up there with one of the most like shocking is the word, like feelings ever. Like I really didn't ever think the Chiefs were going to trade Tyreek. And now that time has passed, we'll, we'll see if how the players turn out. But it's really making me think that it was the best move and Tyreek got his good for Tyreek. He, he deserves it. He's an amazing player. He's the best wide receiver in chiefs history and for the chiefs overall roster construction. It, it, it has to be the best move. I mean, look what mm-hmm. you've brought in, the, the roster is the roster is like Chandler said, it's, it's so different and you have still other things to do. Uh, the, the, the number one thing I think on the chief's mind right now going forward is to sign Orlando Brown to an extension. And th- with, with Tyreek, it would be, have been really difficult to do that. Uh, if you paid Tyreek the money that he got in, in Miami. And so um, going forward, it's going to suck. You are less talented without Tyreek right now. Going forward, though, as these players develop and we see how they fit into the Chiefs' offense, it has me excited. I- I'm mm-hmm. excited to have Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling in an offense with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited to see what Ronald Jones can do in the backfield to supplement that running back room. I- I'm-, I'm excited to see what they can do uh, changing up the offense and not being so reliant on someone like Tyreek Hill because – because it did feel at times like they had to force him the ball, you know, because your other options were McColl or Byron Pringle with all due respect. Like it's just going to force the chiefs to change things up. And ultimately in the long run, I think that's going to be advantageous for the chiefs. Your window with Tyreek Hill on the team is still a super bowl contender for mm-hmm. two to three years, but, 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 but by changing it up, I think it extends your window to the next 10 years. Right. Hopefully the picks pay off. Right. And, and to piggyback off that, Johnny, what I was going to say is um, I, I feel like our, our roster, just like the average age, just decreased by like 10 or 12 years. Like our oldest guy right now is Pat. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously I know it isn't, but he's one of the oldest people on our offense. 
Yeah, and and something that Veach said too, like this opens up even like the wide receiver room went nuts this offseason. That's something he couldn't predict. No one could have predicted. That's why they were yeah. talking during the combine, like to re-sign Tyreek, and then it just went berserk and there was no chance we had. But this opens up your ability maybe two years down the road, if this doesn't pan out, to be able to sign another guy like Tyreek or bring somebody in if, yeah. if need be, because it, you know, that's open. And, and on the defensive side there isn't going to be a Sorensen. There isn't a tyrant, regardless of your thoughts on tyrant. He is an older player. There isn't going to be a tyrant. There isn't going to be an Anthony Hitchens who stinks. Right. He had a great NFL career, but that guy was, was done. Um, We're going to have youth. We're going to have speed. Something the chiefs have not had. And I'm telling you right now, and this kind of is off topic, but it just popped in my head. So I had to say it. I love, what you said about Willie Gay, Blaine. Willie Gay can defend the pass, and he's not – obviously, he's a great tackler. First off, he can defend the pass, and he can blitz like an animal. I mean, the guy is an absolute freak. I think people already do fear him. I think people around the league realize his athleticism and his freakishness and his ability to get after the football. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. But, um, God, I am, I am so excited. Yeah, but it opens like you're talking. It's it's a complete different mindset. This year's Chiefs is a complete like after we got packed, we had to plug in with veterans who were cheap. Yeah. And that was how we were gonna win. Now it's just 180. You have a generational talent in Pat. We know it. So we built around that as the veteran instead of Hitchens and some of those guys to plug in as veterans. It's just and, a, it's a 180. And you know what's great? Sorry, I don't think a lot of time, but I'm just flowing right now. You have a championship mentality, franchise, championship winning quarterback, expectations at a championship level. You can't come in and be young. Yeah. And I think that only pushes people like a Leo Chanel, like a Brian Cook. Like, I think those guys get it for having been in college for so long, what it takes. And they step into situations like this and they only thrive. You go to a place like Houston or the New York Giants or Jets, like there isn't that expectation. Like you're coming in like, yeah, you're, you know, you're the new deal in town. Like no one's pushing you. No one really on the Chiefs roster right now cares about these guys. These guys have to earn it. They have to live up to the Chiefs expectation and it's only going to make them better. So beautiful. I mean, it's a championship organization. You're not going to wither away here. No, they're going to show up. Or you're, or you're out. You're somewhere else and go with her away somewhere else. And McCole, you're next out if you don't start picking it up. <laughs> Johnny, go ahead. You've been itching to let, talk. Let, let me get in here for a few things. So what, what you just said there is is so amazing as, as a Chiefs fan guy. Like it, for so long, uh, like pre-Mahomes, it started like with Reed and when Smith got here, but like for so long, you know, guys would get drafted by the Chiefs, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's like getting drafted by the Lions. It's like getting drafted by a middling yeah. – the Jaguars, like a middling franchise. Now teams are, are, are thrilled. Like, you watch these videos, like when, when – the Sky Moore video, when they say he's like, I can't wait to play for the Chiefs or whatever, and, like, his whole room goes nuts because they know he's going to go play with Patrick Mahomes, the best football player in the whole league. Mm-hmm. The Kennard guy, his mom says, oh, my gosh, you have to go block for Patrick Mahomes. How – I'm just like I feel blessed and thankful, and I I try to 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 smell the roses, right? Like we are in truly a, a, the best time that it has ever been to be a Chiefs fan, and it'll be like this for a decade plus going forward. Like we are in the running for a Super Bowl every single year. Now, while other teams are in our division, going to get Russell Wilson, going to get Devontae Adams, pass rushers, you know, Khalil Max back, Chandler Jones. While all these other teams are going to pay for good players, right, going to pay for them, they've got, you know, they've got hits and they've got injuries that have already accumulated on their bodies. The Chiefs are getting younger and cheaper, like, and still talented. It's just they're zigging while other teams are zagging. And it's it's just really exciting as a Chiefs fan. And I just I just have this this feeling. Maybe it's maybe it's just, you know, it's, it's bias and and stupid optimism, but I just feel like the chiefs know what they're doing. I feel like we are in good hands. One other quick thing too, you guys are talking about uh, Juju and MVS. Like I'm excited for these guys. MVS is a really good deep threat in this league. If you go watch his tape, like he knows how to get open deep. 
the Chiefs have a sick-ass offensive line that can give Pat time. So, like, you're not – yes, Tyreek Hill is the most elite deep threat in the entire league. MVS is 80%, if not more, of what Tyreek can do just deep. Yeah. Uh, Juju can do what uh, 80% of what Tyreek was doing underneath. And these are big guys, too. Juju's like 6'1", 6'2". MVS is like 6'5". Mm-hmm. You have size in this wide receiver room, and it's really exciting. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, MVS has an out after this year with only $4 million in dead cap. You signed Juju to a one-year 3.25 heavily incentivized deal. If it doesn't work out with either, either of them, you cut your losses and you go back to the drawing board for other guys next year. If Tyreek blows his knee out, you're fucked for the next two, three years. I mean, you're just fucked if you sign Tyreek to a big deal. And Tyreek, yes, he's great, but speed declines as you get older. Like his ability to be elusive is going to decline as it gets older, as he gets older. So I am just, I'm, I'm unbelievably optimistic about the future going forward for the chiefs. And really that summarizes everything. You know, I, I'll get my last couple things. And so I can just shut up for the rest of this. Hitchens is not even on a team right now. Chandler Hitchens sucks. Hitchens, yeah. No one signed Hitchens already. Like these guys, these guys are bad. The Chiefs are a destination for teams, for players like Justin Ross to pick them. Melvin Ingram Ingram might be coming back to the Chiefs. Like we have months to go. We have months to go before the the season is starting. It's going to be a long summer, but I'm super excited. And the Chiefs are going to have, the Chiefs are going to have a primetime week two Thursday night football game. The league just signed a big deal with Amazon and they want the Chiefs to be their opening game for Thursday night football for Amazon. Mm. Like, like the chiefs guys, we are just the fan. uh, We are a fan of one of the most exciting teams, if not the most exciting team in the entire league. And, and we, and we are here because we stuck through all the bullshit. I love being a chiefs fan. Tremendously said this franchise, the way that this franchise, like I can use the franchise word, confidently now from mm-hmm. what they've done over the last two years the moves they have made in the excitement that there is just on on everything as a whole i mean it's, it's now one of the best in the nfl and it's a beautiful thing and you couldn't have said it any better johnny couldn't have said it any yeah better. blaine closing remarks you wanted to mention the running back room well, uh, yeah, I wanted to mention it lightly. I mean, you get Isaiah Pacheco. I don't, I don't know enough about the guy, but what's that going to look like? Rojo is uh, – we have missed a, a back that can get the first down mm-hmm. or in the red zone. Our red zone offense has been horrendous. Why? We mm-hmm. can't run the ball with Clyde in there. Now you get three guards or, or two guards, obviously, in the center that are very in Tooney, Creed, Smith, that you can run behind. This offense is going to be different this year now that you have Rojo. And I, I think that that's one of the more underappreciated things that in this offseason is getting a guy like that. And, and I'm very excited for it. I completely agree. Um, great point on the goal, on the red zone offense. I mean, just horrific. Um, Clyde's window is rapidly closing. Um, I feel like the Chiefs will not re-sign him after his rookie deal is up. Um but, yeah, I love what you said about Rojo. I mean, get in behind the guards. We talked about this just the other day, too. Get in behind the guards and center and just go forward, you know? Yeah. we don't. I, I think the more simple you make the game, the more Pat can thrive um, when, you, when you make it more complex. Because defenses have to adjust to the simplicity, and then when you get complex on them, they don't know what to do. Yeah. You know? And this guy like Pacheco, that's why I wanted to talk about it, is he was one of the best backs in that league with – the worst offensive line. And obviously the Chiefs see something out of him. I know their Gore had a good year, Clyde okay, but at least you can get a guy that's really talented in there to come compete and, and yeah. bring a little bit of fire to that room because that room needs fire. Yeah, uh, the room needs fire. It doesn't have any fire. And the fact that you even mentioned Derek Gore concerns me. Exactly. I mean, I know why you did, but that's not what our future needs to be is Derek Gore. And he's a, he's a good football player. I'm not taking anything away from him, but – Get in there, Isaiah. Was Isaiah Pacheco? Yes, yes. Yeah. Get in there. Like I'm excited about him. That's a late round pick. That has yeah. low ceiling, but he can go in there and make some things happen. And I would love to see him on a few downs in the NFL. Low ceiling running backs and linebackers 
they provide a lot of value for their team. And anything Isaiah Pacheco is going to be on every single special team if he knows what's good for him in the exactly. NFL. Very underrated. You need guys like that, and then guys can come in and compete in their primary positions. Um, so it's good. It's awesome. Um, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Um, phenomenal Chiefs talk. Phenomenal draft. Um, the future is really bright for the Chiefs kingdom. Um, it's it's really a fun time to be a part of it, boys. Um, and this was a great episode. Anybody got anything they want to say to, before I before I close it off here? Awesome. Well, another episode of Figure It Out in the books. Uh, the boys, it'll probably be a while before we're back on here. Um, preseason, though, right around the corner, just August. It's not that far away, preseason. pre-season. I can smell it. You get the juices flowing a little bit in the preseason. I love it. I can't wait. Uh, I'll probably have a probably have a training camp episode. I'd say will be our next get, episode. Get some extra dorm rooms ready in St. Joe with the amount of wide receivers and D backs that are that are coming to St. Joe to compete. No shit, Missouri Western. <laughs> get it right. Um, awesome boys. I appreciate it. Um, another episode in the books. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay. See you. Peace.